school. Good morning. How, how is everyone today? I hope you're as enthusiastic and happy to be here as I am as we come together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in His name, I welcome you. I have some announcements for you today. First of all, just a reminder that the kids' handbells and choir and mission kids and the Bible study for adults continues tonight. The United Methodist men invite you to their annual pancake supper this Tuesday at September 11th at 5.30. Tickets are available to door. I understand it's $7 for adults and children eat free, is what I was told at the early service. And so please come, and this is their annual big thing they do every year, uh, the Pancake Supper. That's this Tuesday night at 5.30. Sunday the 30th is a big day in the life of our church. We'll be observing the Children's Sabbath with our combined worship service that fifth Sunday. The combined worship service will be held here in the sanctuary. Our children will lead us in all aspects of the worship. And I understand from... Uh, Katie and others that we have several young people who want to be the preacher. <laughs> so I can't wait to see that. And then afterwards, we're going to go to the Family Life Center for some a little brunch, a time to get to know each other and to, uh, and to fellowship with one another, which is the whole purpose of the fifth Sunday that I understand. So please join us that day for the service and also for the time afterwards over in the Family Life Center. Today is also Epworth Special Offering Sunday. You will see an insert, I believe, in your bulletins. Epworth, as you know, is the South Carolina Annual Conference a Home for Children. Uh, and we have been uh, taking care of these children in Columbia there for, for many, many years, but they rely upon the church's uh, free will gifts. They are not supported by apportionment. So, so please give to the Epworth Children's Home. The, this is also what's called Good Samaritan Sunday in our church. This is a local church mission opportunity. And this past week I had the great uh, privilege to uh, spend some time hearing about the, the uh, Greer uh, Community Ministries, uh, Greer Relief, and actually eating lunch at the soup kitchen. And so all these very vital charities are part of our community. And part of the money that is dropped in the offering plate on Good Samaritan Sunday goes to one or more of these organizations every month. So if you have a spare dollar, drop it in the offering plate today. New pictorial directory. How many, knows, how many know we're going to have a pictorial directory? We know, most everybody knows that. Okay, we're really looking for 100% participation. It's really, really easy to sign up. You can sign up two ways, beginning next Sunday and for three Sundays. You can sign up here at the church on Sundays. There'll be volunteers that will help you sign up. Or you can go online, go to our church webpage, and click on the link on the left. It's you can't miss it. I did it yesterday afternoon, and sign up that way. It's really easy. It's painless, and we everyone who participates, of course, will get a free directory and a free eight by ten picture. There's no obligation to purchase anything. However, the pictures will be available for Christmas. So if you do want to purchase something, but that please, we want you to sign up. That's the key. Sign ups. Okay. Now, this morning, I had a great opportunity, great pleasure, to welcome Eric and Susan Tate into our fellowship at 9 o'clock. And during the next uh, two Sundays, we will have baptisms here in our sanctuary. And then, then again on October the 7th, we'll have another one. We have 
four children to be baptized in the next few weeks. But today, it's also great, it also gives me great pleasure to introduce to you, I want, and I'd like for them to come up here and stand, if you will, uh, Bill, Edna, and Karen Lang, and Bob and Becky Singh. If they will come up here and just stand for a moment. Turn around so people can see y'all. And uh, now the Langs have, all, in fact, everyone here is transferring to us from either United Methodist Church or from um, Episcopal Church. And so we are happy to have all of them, but the Langs actually have already been put on the roll, but because of business trips and health issues and so forth and so on, they haven't been able to be here to be welcomed. So we're welcoming them this morning. Bob and Becky Singh, this is their official start date with us. So we're happy to have all of them, and we want you to welcome them, and we want you to include them into things like Sunday school and the men's club and the women's clubs and all these things. And let me tell you, I, I don't know a whole lot about any of these folks here, but this fella just brought me in a gift. Where's yours? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. And he, I don't. <laughs> But, but, but he would. I see, okay. I'll get mine later. But he brought in this beautiful woodworking piece of the cross and the flame. So, uh, y'all, that's something right there about him. He's a big woodworker. So, let us welcome them officially into our membership today. Thank you. Thank you. And that is all that I have to say. Let us begin our worship together.
Let us pray together. Almighty God, make us loyal followers of our living Lord, that we may always hear His Word, follow His teachings, and live in His Spirit, and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. To Your eternal glory. Amen.
let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Our children come forward at this time. week at school? All right, you're in now for the, for the real thing. Labor Day's passed and no holidays for a while, right? Reverend Joseph has titled several sermons in the next uh, few weeks, Experiencing a Faith That Works. And he's using the Bible verses from the book of James. And all week I've been thinking about these words experiencing a faith that works. My faith works for me and blesses me when I truly listen to God's word. I know he will guide me and he will comfort me if I let him. But sometimes I forget to listen. So then I worry and I fret. So I need reminders, reminders from the scriptures and reminders from the sermons. Last Sunday, Miss Sylvia reminded all of us to take Jesus in our hearts wherever we go, to school, to work, and to play. When we have Jesus in our hearts, we should then act like Jesus wants us to. And that, to me, is experiencing or living our faith to work for others. Our deeds and actions show kindness, patience, generosity, and that way we treat others or we react to how they treat us as a proof of our faith that is working. I read recently about a man in North Carolina whose name is Jim. 
And I think Jim is experiencing a faith that works because he is using his skill as a restaurant owner to help homeless people get off the streets and back into jobs. He does more than just hand out food to these people. He feeds their bodies, but he also works to feed their souls because he has created a ministry within the restaurant. He boosts their confidence by making it possible for them to come in for training to learn how to work in the food industry. And then he hires them to work in this restaurant. So he's feeding their souls by boosting their confidence, but he also holds worship services at the restaurant so that he is building their faith and their trust in God. I love the name of the restaurant. It's called The King's Kitchen. Now, do you think Jim is meant to be the king in this? No. Who, John? God. So he's even named his restaurant in worship of God, in showing his faith. And I think Jim believes that once these people realize that God is supporting them as they help themselves learn a trade, and it's maybe a new trade, that their lives will be better. I think Jim is so excited about his faith that he just has to share it. And perhaps we can be the same way. Maybe not in the restaurant business, but I think you can find all kinds of ways to show your faith to your friends and to your classmates. Let's pray. Dear Lord, let us live each day with you in our hearts and in our actions. Amen. Our first scripture reading is from Psalm 125, verses 1 and 2. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
one thing as we begin our time of prayer. Uh, Dr. I talked to Dr. Bridges' wife yesterday. I know many of you are, want to know what progress he's making. Good progress. He's had to have some skin grafts, um, and so his mobility is still limited. But uh, she wanted me to thank uh, all of you for your calls and your cards and uh, expressions of kindness. And she just said it's kind of impossible with all the doctor visits and other things for her to answer all your calls and to call you back. But so she said for me just to tell you that she appreciates it and continue to pray for uh, Dr. Bridges and his recovery. Let us bow our heads. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, because you are on our side, we have been delivered from the hand of the evil one. You have surrounded us with your protection as the mountains surround Jerusalem. And we dwell secure in our knowledge of you. May your name be honored not only here but in all the earth. We're reminded this day that in your eyes all are equal. All are in need of the forgiving grace of God. All have sinned and fallen short of glory. And because you want us to be partners in that great work of salvation, you have called us to love our neighbors as ourselves. You have shown your love for others and you ask us to love as you have loved And yet we must confess this day that we do not always see every person as a precious child of God. We too often look at the outward appearance and we give honor to those who meet the world's standard of success instead of the least of these. We pray, O God, that you'd have mercy upon us for our sins of omission and commission, of our sins of discrimination and superiority, We pray, O God, that you'd once more help us to look upon the faith of your church handed down through the generations, and you would fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit and enable us to be as you intended us to be, that you would have us to turn our words into works of mercy, that our faith may be experienced and lived, and your commission be fulfilled. We know this day that there are many who need a word from you. There are many who need a word from you from us. And we pray, O Lord, that you would help us, enable us to proclaim release to those who are possessed in pain or imprisoned in their spirits, those who suffer and mourn this day. We lift and pray for each one, including all those that are in our prayer list both public and private, and those that we lift in our hearts now. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Bless us and answer us, for we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
these things. Now, if you were here last week, you know that we talked about experiencing a faith that works by needing to slow down, calm down, and lay down all those things that hinder us so that we can receive a blessing from God. And today we will continue that journey with James as, as we think about walking around. And we'll get to that in a minute. The scripture is found in James chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking of it all. And then I move to verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And I think the key verse here is mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You that You called us here this day, that You enable us to worship, and we're thrilled to be in Your presence, O God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. May that same power guide us and illuminate us now. In Your name, amen. I'm reminded of a story that I heard of a Chinese man and a Jewish man, and they were eating lunch together, and the, uh, suddenly, without warning, the, the Jewish man, uh, he got up, walked around the table, and slapped the Chinese man in the mouth. The Chinese man what did you do that for? And the Jewish man said, for Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor? I didn't have anything to do with Pearl Harbor. It was the Japanese that bombed Pearl Harbor. To which the Jewish man responded, Japanese, Taiwanese, Chinese, they're all the same to me. And with that, he said, now. A few minutes passed, and then the Chinese man got up, walked around the table, and slapped the Jewish man in the face. The man yells out, what did you do that for? And he said, for the Titanic. The Titanic? I didn't have anything to do with the Titanic. Whereupon the Chinese man replied, Goldberg, Feinberg, Iceberg, they're all the same to me. <laughs> well, this story is funny, but all too often that's exactly what we do. We stereotype people and forget that they're individuals, forget that they have feelings and hopes and dreams and fears just like us. But I contend that everyone wants to feel loved. We all want to feel loved. There's not a person in here that doesn't want to feel loved. I don't believe there's any exceptions. And yet, not everyone feels loved. In fact, many people feel rejected. Some people feel unwelcome. Why does this happen? It is because we categorize people by their differences. Sometimes real, most of the time, imagined. In Romans 15, 7, Paul says, we to accept each other as Christ accepted us. How did Christ accept you? How did Christ accept me? Did Christ uh, do a background check first and check our degrees and what we'd accomplished? Did, did Christ check our family heritage? Uh, where we came from? 
Did Jesus wait until we were cleaned up from all our bad habits or did Jesus receive us the way that we are, the way we were? I think we all know the answer to this. Jesus accepted us the way we were long before we accepted Him. And it's important for us to understand that making people feel welcome is the most important thing we can do as people of God. Do you know what the number one thing is when they do surveys about people who come to church, visit church, and visit and then stay at that particular church and, and become members? Do you know what the number one thing that they say, reason that they say that they stayed? No, it's not the preaching. I wished it was. It's not the preaching. It's whether or not they were felt welcome. Whether or not the folks made them feel welcome, made them feel like they were part of that fellowship, not that they had just walked in the door, but they'd been part of that fellowship for years. Making people feel welcome is the most important thing we can do. I say bring people in as they are. We let God work on them and transform them through the power of the Holy Spirit and God will. But let us welcome people into the fellowship of Christ. How many of you like baseball? Any of you like baseball? I, I was always been involved in sports and love sports all my life. And um, there was one fellow who was a state champion type of player who I happened to go to school with. And consequently, I didn't last very long on it. That was those days when high schools were small. And I didn't, didn't last very long on any of the teams because he was so good. And I was always facing him, it seemed like. Whether I was... Uh, uh, when I played uh, tackle or, or defense as linebacker or whatever I played, or when I was up, in the, up to bat, he would be the pitcher. So consequently, my, my service is short because of him. But I was made to feel welcome every time I played. I think I was made to feel extra welcome because I was the worst player on the game, in the team. So I say they like for somebody they can be. But in baseball, do you know who broke the... Black, uh, the, who broke the, craw, the racial barrier in baseball, the first black to play in Major League Baseball was, anybody know? Jackie Robinson. He broke the baseball color barrier. And he once faced during crowds uh, in a stadium, and he had committed an error, and, his, and even the fans of his began to shout at him. And he, he stood there, and he was humiliated, and the crowd just keep on jeering. And the story is said that the shortstop... Pee Wee Reese, who was a white man, came over and he stood next to him. And he put his arm around Jackie and they faced the crowd together. And when they did that, the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that that arm around his shoulder saved his career. Wouldn't you like to be someone like that? Someone who makes a difference in someone else's life like that? Each one of us has that potential as a Christian disciple to make that type of difference in a person's life. James tells us that mercy triumphs judgment, which echoes Jesus' words in Matthew 9.3 when he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You see, what Jesus and his brother James are saying is that love and mercy are always the right way to treat others. Always. And the Apostle John in in 1 John 4.20 says, Anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Think about that. If, if you say, I, don't, I, I love God, but I don't like you, you see, that's not true. That's false. There's a falseness inside of you. 
You can't, you can't, if, you can, if you can see you and I can't love you, how can you love God who you can't see? So we need to be compassionate. We need to be consistent. And we need to walk around and show mercy instead of judgment. You see, once we slow down, once we calm down, once we lay down all these things that hinder us, the next step is to walk around. Is to walk around and to be those people God wants us to be. To be compassionate. To be consistent. Not to show favoritism. To, to love all as we want people to love us. To extend mercy, not judgment to others. This is the key. You know, a lot of people don't like James because James wants you to put your faith into action. In fact, Martin Luther, one of the reformers, didn't like the book at all. I often thought that was funny. If you look at Martin Luther's personal life, you can kind of see why he wouldn't like James so much. But James himself is one who struggled with the faith. James was not a first believer. In fact, he was not a believer until Jesus was resurrected. Then he became a believer. He became one of the strongest people. He became the head of the Jerusalem church, one of the strongest leaders in the early church after Jesus returned to heaven. And James constantly echoes things out of the Sermon on the Mount. It's an interesting read to get look at the Sermon on the Mount and look at the book of James and see the parallels. James just wants you to experience your faith, to, to, be, to behave as you believe, at annual conference a few years ago, there used to be, uh, she has gone to the Lord now, but there was this, this wonderful delegate who was a black lady who it seemed right at the perfect time would stand up and start a sing-song refrain. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And she'd start this, and other people, all of a sudden the whole entire conference would just kind of break out into this, this sing-song thing. And it was such a powerful spiritual moment. Uh, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. In my opinion, there's not a truer statement, but we should also want this to be true about us as well. You see, we should want people to look upon us the same way. We should want people to see us as good all the time, all the time good. They should see us as steadfast all the time, all the time steadfast. They should see us as compassionate, all the time compassionate, compassionate all the time. They should know that we are going to be consistent in our treatment of them, in our understanding of them. We all have things that we wished we had never done. We all have things where we fall short. And I think one of the most important things as a disciple we can do is just to simply be humble and contrite in spirit. That is really what the Lord requires of us. You know, Jesus gave us the golden rule. Some people think this rule is to do unto others before they do it unto you. I have run a lot across a lot of people that way in the church. But it says we're to treat others as we want them to treat us. And so for us to experience a faith that works, 
Yes, we need to do all these things, but before we can walk around and do this, we've got to search our own hearts. We have to search and look inside and, and find those attitudes that don't belong. We need to look and say, do I have attitudes of favoritism? Do I have attitudes of prejudice? Do I have attitudes of superiority? And if we find these attitudes within us, we need to ask God to take them out of our heart. Ask God to replace them with attitudes of mercy and compassion. And the second thing we need to do to be able to walk around and be the Christians that James is telling us we should be is we need to search our minds for those people that we might not have treated right. Ask God to show us who those people are. I know that when I examine my own life, and look at those two questions in my own life, I know that these things are true. I know that there is areas that I need to eliminate in my life. That there are people that I have hurt in my life. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll know that that's true. And you will, you will need to resolve to treat these people differently in the future. You may even need to ask those people to forgive you. I contend there's not one person that doesn't need forgiveness or who needs to extend some type of forgiveness. And it seems to me that if we are to remember that after we slow down and we recognize what is truly important and after we calm down and turn those things over to God and take God's peace upon ourselves and once we lay down those things that hinder us, our, with our relationship with God, we can start walking around. And we can start seeing where we can be more compassionate and loving and showing mercy. And we can leave judgment to God. You know how freeing it is to leave judgment to God? If we leave judgment to God, we can live in ways that, are, that have never been experienced before. And I believe that if we resolve today to, to carry on this progression, here's what we had to do and we have to examine and we have to get out of our lives so we can walk around and be those Christians. And if we do that, God will bless us and we will, have an, we will continue to experience a faith that works. Next week we're going to look at this a little differently, so I hope you come back. But I want to ask you to do this for me. The book of James in my Bible, it only, it's only four pages, front and back, two, front, back, front and back, four pages, four pages. Ask everyone here to go home today or sometime this week and read the book of James. Now, after you read the book of James, there's going to be two things that's going to happen to you, okay? One is you're going to understand everything that's been said in the last two sermons so much better, and you're going to anticipate and think about what might be said in the next two sermons. That's one. The second thing is you're really going to be proud of yourself, and you're also going to be able to go and to say to anyone that you meet, I have read an entire book of the Bible. <laughs> they don't have to know it's only four pages. Amen.
May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, eternal triune God, one God now and forever, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.